0: Welcome to Converge Church. We're so glad you joined us today. Today's worship experience will begin momentarily. If you're a first time guest with us, we are honored to have you here. Please feel free to stop by the Connection Center in the lobby or ask one of our team members if you have any questions. We're here to serve you. And if you're a returning guest or you're part of our Converge family, we'd like to say welcome back. Once again, Thank you for being our guest today and enjoy the rest of the worship experience.
1: In the midst of uncertainty, our faith can struggle. Our walk becomes labored. Our heart, heavy. There's something about the unknown which seems to weaken us. It drains our patience and blurs our focus. Yet in the middle of everything stands a faithful God, a God who's not swayed by the struggle, who isn't moved by the winds of chaos, a God who remains faithful even when our faith is fragile. It seems more difficult than ever to not worry about tomorrow. Yet that's exactly what God has asked us to do. For when we cast our burdens on Him, the troubles of the moment begin to fade. When we trust the plans He has for us, our fear begins to subside. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, our focus becomes consumed by clarity. Yes, we are in the midst of uncertainty, but we can be certain of one thing, God is faithful. And that is more than enough for tomorrow.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're watching from, from the DFW Metroplex, around the nation or around the world, we'd like to say welcome to Converge Online. We're super excited that every single week we have the opportunity to come into your homes and minister the life-giving word, the life-giving message, the gospel of Jesus Christ to you and your families, and to truly give you hope, a joyful, confident expectation of good. But not just hope, man. We also pray that as you hear these messages, faith will rise in your heart. In fact, the scripture declares that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, The literal uh, transliteration, right, in the original language simply says, faith comes not having heard, but hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So as we revisit the ancient text this morning, we trust That God's word will not return unto him void, it will prosper in the thing whereunto it is sent, and that chains and yokes would be broken, and that the entrance of his word will give light, clarity, illumination in places where we need it the most. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, I have to give you this PSA, this public service announcement. We are meeting virtually only, online only, in the month of January. Uh, This was an attempt uh, or a decision, actually, that Pastor Wendy and I made so that we could more effectively mitigate the risks of COVID-19 due to the rise in positive cases, not only in our community, uh, but also in our community of faith, right? And so we want to always err on the side of caution and uh, 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 out of an abundance of caution and uh, and just a desire, a commitment to be responsible, not reckless, to exercise faith over fear and to walk in the wisdom of God. We made that executive decision and uh, man, I'm so grateful we did because we continue to hear reports of new cases within our congregation. In fact, I received a text from one of our e-members who is a pediatric nurse, and she said she was so glad that we made that decision because she was in a corporate worship experience over the holidays, and there were no masks, and people were singing. And again, this is not a political statement. This is just a reality. And people were in close proximity to each other, and uh, and they both tested positive uh, for COVID again. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, even though they are both vaccinated And she is a pediatric nurse And in their practice, every child that tested In their practice since last Thursday Tested positive for COVID The ones who came in with symptoms And so again, uh, we don't take this lightly Uh, We're still seeing and experiencing the effects of COVID-19 Two years later Our responsibility as your pastors is to do the wise thing. And the wise thing is not always the easiest thing. But I have discovered, listen to me, if you don't pay the fee, you pay the fine. I'll say that again. If you don't pay the fee for obedience, you often pay the fine for disobedience. You say, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? You've heard me share these stories and I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second Before we dive into the word, but this is extremely important for us to understand, especially as Christ followers. Several years ago, uh, I went in to see the dentist and it was time for my annual uh, uh, x-ray and uh, not just my cleaning, but also my my annual exam, my x-ray. And I was in a hurry. I didn't even factor in the extra time I needed for that. So I told the dentist, listen, uh, let's reschedule. I'll do it another time. Uh, but when she went in and did the cleaning, she said, hey, man, I see this spot and I think we need to take a look at it. Uh, are you sure you don't want to do the x-rays? I put it off. The next time I came in, six months later, when I went to do my cleaning, she discovered uh, that uh, that there was some decay and uh, there was a cavity. And it was just, I mean, it was almost there about to hit my nerve, right? And so she said, listen, Ray, we're gonna have to do a root canal. I said, are you serious? Is it too late for a filling? She said, yeah. She said, if you had done the x-ray, uh, <laughs> if you had done the x-ray six months ago, we would have caught it and all you would have done was a filling, but now you have to, number one, do a root canal. Number two, now you have to get a crown put in. You know why that happened? Because I chose not to pay the fee I ended up paying the fine. And so for us, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God making the right decision, making finer distinctions, not just between good and evil, but making finer distinctions between what's good and what's best is the wisdom of God. And I pray that you will apply that apply that principle in your own life personally. Do it now. There are several stories I could tell you of, of times in my own life when I chose not to pay the fee and ended up paying the fine, and I can guarantee you the fine is always much more expensive and it costs you more than you thought you would ever pay. That is our posture. That's our decision. And we stick into it. Amen. But let's dive into the word together this morning, Converge Nation. Luke chapter number five, beginning at verse one. We're going to, again, spend the lion's share of our time in verses 4 and 5, but we're taking you through this expository, exegetical approach to the text, line upon line, verse upon verse, uh, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and we're going to glean principles from God's word together as we take our time and walk through the text together, amen? Luke chapter number 5, beginning at verse 1, we're reading from the New King James version of God's word. Verse one begins, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Uh, We spent a significant amount of time, in fact, uh, central to our message last week was navigating these disappointments that ultimately become destiny defining moments when we give them to Jesus. When we give Jesus the boat, remember, our doubts and disappointments become destiny-defining moments. But as we create this backdrop and provide context to verses 4 and 5, I think it's important to understand the setting in which the story unfolds. Because they are once again at the Lake Gennesaret. And, And for those of you who are students of God's word, and even for those of you who are new to God's word, the Lake Gennesaret, or Lake Gennesaret, is a significant uh, a place in the story of Jesus. Uh, in fact, you may read Lake Gennesaret, you may read the Sea of Tiberias, you may read Sea of Galilee. All three are one and the same. Uh, in fact, what's noteworthy is that 18 of the 33 miracles that Jesus performed in his earthly in his earthly ministry recorded in the Gospels happened around the Sea of Galilee the Sea of Tiberias, Lake Gennesaret, or happened in close proximity to this uh, community. Uh, so you you may argue then that the Sea of Galilee was ground zero for the ministry of Jesus. In fact, Jesus' ministry headquarters was on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee in a town called Capernaum, which was the citadel of learning. Uh, this is where uh, 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 Jewish men would go and debate the law and Argue the finer points of the law. And Jesus found himself intentionally and strategically in Capernaum teaching the Word of God. Not only that, this region was very populous, right? Uh, And and it was a center of commerce. Uh, New Testament historians suggest that no less, no less than 15,000 people lived in each of the nine cities surrounding the Sea of Galilee. So do the math, nine cities, 15,000, no less than 15,000 in each city. I'm gonna round it up. That's approximately 150,000 people, no less than 150,000 people who surrounded the Sea of Galilee. It was also not only a center of learning with Capernaum, but it was also a center of commercial activity, primarily agriculture and fishing. So Jesus is in the middle of this, this activity, commercial activity, spiritual activity, academic activity. And, 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 and this is the backdrop in which this story unfolds. So look at verse number three. up. Ah, before I say that, come on somebody. One other interesting fact about the Sea of Galilee is that the Sea of Galilee is noted to be the lowest lake on the face of planet Earth. It sets about 668 feet below sea level. And what's fascinating about the Sea of Galilee is that it's shaped like a harp, the musical instrument, a harp. But not only that, on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee is a mountain, the upper Galilee, of about 4,000 feet. It stands 4,000 feet above sea level. And to the east and west, I believe, are mountain ranges that stand about 2,500 feet. So what we find with the Sea of Galilee is that it is deep inside sort of this valley, a lake between these mountain ranges. It is a low place. I find it fascinating that of all the places that Jesus could have set up shop, he set up shop in a low place because Jesus was acquainted with low places. Jesus was acquainted with and comfortable with and was sent to minister to people in low places. I know that it was a geographical fact, but I think it also has some spiritual significance that if you are in a low place today, expect the visitation of Jesus because Jesus still makes his rounds and still settles in low places. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you find yourself in a low place Just as Simon Peter and the other fishermen found themselves in a low place, you are a perfect candidate for a miracle. You say, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Doesn't the word say that his power is made perfect in our weakness and that when we are weak, he is strong? And the whole reason that Jesus frequents low places, the low places of our lives, the hidden places of our lives, the broken places of our lives is so that we can experience the more. Say that with me again. In fact, type it in the chat wherever you are. There is more. So the the text picks up in verse number three. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down And taught the multitudes from the boat. In fact, one translation says that after he had taught the multitudes, Jesus turned to Simon and said to him, launch out into the deep. The reason I've titled today's message Deeper is simply because what God desires to do next in your life (laughs) cannot happen in shallow places. I'll say that again. What God desires to do now and what he desires to do next in his life can only happen after you have launched out into the deep. It cannot and it will not happen in shallow places. So expect this year to move beyond your comfort zone, to move beyond the places that are comfortable and familiar to deeper places that God has prepared so that you can experience the more of God. Notice what the text says, that when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. It will not happen in shallow places. In fact, the word shallow is simply defined as something that is superficial and lacking depth. Listen, this year, Be willing to go beyond the superficial, to go beyond the shallow. God wants to get into, listen, to borrow from Stephen Furtick, not your highlight reel, but your behind the scenes. Not your IG reels, uh, not your IG and Facebook posts, uh, not your perfect makeup and your perfect outfits. He wants to get into the part of your life that nobody sees. He wants to get into the places where you hurt the most, where you cry the silent tears, where no one can even trace the tracks of your tears. Come on, Smokey Robinson. It can only happen when you move beyond the shallow and the superficial and launch out into the deep. Somebody say deeper. Deeper. Ah, say it louder, say deeper. Listen, the Lord is taking us deeper because there is more only happens when we go a little bit deeper. Can I tell you about going deeper? Because for Simon Peter, this was not only a familiar place that he had been before as a fisherman, but it was also a painful place because going deeper in this moment represented to Simon an invitation from God to revisit a place, not only of frustration, but a place of failure. I'll say that again. Going deeper, Is not always God saying going to go to an unfamiliar place or go to a new place. Sometimes going deeper is God's invitation for you to go back, for you to return to a familiar place that is a place that is a place of frustration and failure. Because as we read the text, you know the story. You will discover. That Simon and his partners had toiled all night and caught nothing. I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my life that I have chosen to avoid painful places. Ah, I have chosen to stuff painful places. There are some of you who have chosen to forget uh, painful places. Places where you failed and places that are frustrating. Yet God says... If you're going to experience more, I want you to go back. I want you to go back to where you've let down your nets and caught nothing. It makes absolutely no sense. And not only that, I don't know about you, but even as I was preparing this message and as God was ministering to me, I began to consider the deep places, the places where I had failed the places where I have been frustrated, the places where I have not borne fruit. And all I can hear the Lord say is, Ray, do it again. I'm talking to somebody and you think the answer is to run from it. You think the answer is to flee your frustrations and your failures. Yet God is saying, launch into the deep and let down your nets. Do again what you just did And it produced nothing. I don't know what comes up in your heart when God gives you those kinds of instructions. But I would imagine that one of the things that comes up in your heart is pride. Hold up, Jesus. You're a preacher. I'm the fisherman. You stick to preaching. I'll stick to fishing. Yet Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, when he says, go back to the deep. It's saying return to what is familiar, but not just what is familiar, return to the place of your frustration and failure. And because I'm in the boat this time, you can expect a different outcome. Ah, I don't want to belabor the point, but listen, there might be someone watching for the first time, but if you're part of Converge Nation, if you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it at least a dozen times that even though this quote is attributed to Albert Einstein, I believe that it has spiritual significance because Albert Einstein supposedly said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And we have learned at Converge Church that biblical faith, the God kind of faith, sometimes is doing the same thing over, doing the same thing, Again, at his word, but this time expecting a different result. And that's why Paul writes in Galatians 6, listen to me, listen to me, that we ought not grow weary in well-doing because we will surely reap if we faint not. Paul finds himself, I'm sorry, Peter finds himself in this place. He finds himself in a place where the miracle he needs is conditional. You say, what's a conditional miracle? A conditional miracle is when the miracle requires my obedience, when the miracle requires my perseverance, when the miracle requires my willingness. I'll say that again. A conditional miracle is when God says this thing can happen, this thing will happen, but it won't happen just because I do it for you. Uh, there are some things that God says you and I are going to do together. And the way you and I do it together is obedience is yours to do and my part my part is to determine the outcome. Uh, my part is to obey and God's part is to do the impossible. Listen to me. What God listen, listen. When the, the when God invites us into a conditional miracle. This is not. This is what he's saying. He's saying. When God invites you to go deeper. He's not asking you. To figure it out. He's asking you to trust. That he already has. Listen to me. When God says go deeper. He's not saying figure it out. He's simply saying. Trust. That I've already. Done the heavy lifting for you. So, say it with me, understand the plan, follow the pattern, receive the promise. Conditional miracles require our obedience, not our understanding. They require our perseverance and they require our willingness. Notice Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Somebody say, There is more. There is more, but the condition to accessing there is more is recognizing and embracing the fact that my part is to be both willing and obedient. Willingness speaks to the attitude. Obedience speaks to the action, but notice the attitude precedes the action. Not just obedience, but a willing obedience, a heart that is willing to obey God even when the instruction is illogical. So Simon Peter says, Lord, we've toiled all night. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets, willing and obedient. And I wonder how many of us are simply going through the motions of obedience with unwilling hearts. God says, sit down. You sit down, but on the inside, you're standing up. (laughs) There are a whole lot of us like that. Yet God says, the way we access the conditional miracle is we're willing and obedient. Notice the passion translation of this verse is very powerful. It says, if you have a willing heart, disposition, attitude, if you have a willing heart to let me help you, Can I stop there for a second, converge? All God wants to do is help us. All God wants to do is help us through our frustration, through our failure. And sometimes the way he helps us through our failures and our frustrations is he forces us to confront them. So he'll say, launch out into the deep, in the place, into the place that frustrates you the most. And where you suffered your greatest loss. Uh, notice the Passion Translation it says, If you have a willing heart to let me help you, and if you will obey me, you will feast on the blessings of an abundant harvest. Not a scarce harvest, an abundant harvest. You know why? Because there is more. There are miracles of God that are conditional that require our obedience. They require our perseverance. They require our willingness. What if God in his sovereignty has chosen to hide your next blessing in the place of your greatest frustration or maybe your greatest failure? That's that's the point of verse 4. Launch into the deep. But there's more. Listen, here's why. Because God often reserves his greatest glory. For our lowest moments. I'll say that again. God often reserves his greatest glory for our lowest moments. Come on, that Kroger commercial. Low, 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 low. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Wendy and Nia love that song. But if you're feeling kind of low, 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 low. What if God sees that? Your loneliness, your brokenness, your broken heartedness. <laughs> as the perfect opportunity for him to show his greatest glory. Why does he do that? Why does God desire to show up in our lowest lowest moments like he did for Simon Peter and his business partners? I think he does it so that we will always remember. I think he does it so that we will never forget who did it for us. Mm -hmm. When Big Mama couldn't do it, when sweet back couldn't do it, when Aunt Gifty couldn't do it, come on. Jesus showed up in the midst of your pain in your lowest moment and showed his greatest glory. You say, Pastor what is frustration? I've used that word repeatedly frustration and failure. Frustration is simply defined as the feeling of being upset or annoyed, the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially particularly because of inability to change something or to achieve it. I'll say that again. Frustration is the feeling that sets in, especially because of our inability to change or achieve something. Have you ever been there where you felt absolutely powerless, where you toiled all night? You did the research You dotted every I, you crossed every T, still nothing. Your hard work, your efforts, your creativity, your innovation, nothing. Frustration usually sets in. In fact, exasperation sets in when what we expected is not what we're experiencing. And that's what's happening to Simon Peter and his partners and Jesus steps into it. What's, what's crazy about this account is that they were washing their nets because they had resigned themselves to their circumstances. A lot of times if we're not careful, we, we normalize our failures and we normalize our frustrations. Because here's Jesus at the lake and neither Simon nor his business partners call out to Jesus for help. The answer to their problems was right there in their presence. And that's what happens. That's what happens to us when we normalize failure, when we normalize frustrations. We say life is just going to be like this. This is my lot in life. This is the hand God dealt me. So why even pray? Why even try? Yet Jesus saw their desperation. Jesus saw their frustration. Jesus saw their disappointment. And he stepped into their lowest point because Jesus manifests his greatest glory in our lowest places I hope somebody's hearing that because if you find yourself there in fact I see I've seen a lot of stuff on social media and people this is this is what people are doing they're normalizing crisis they're saying that 2022 is just a repeat a continuation of Of the foolishness and mayhem we experienced in 2020 and 2021. And there are some people who will wash their nets and resign themselves to this attitude and this mentality that is just gonna be more of the same when Jesus is asking and he's saying, I want to invite myself into your low places. Remember, Jesus set up shop in the lowest place the lowest lake, 668 feet below sea level. And it's not just a physical reality. I think there's a spiritual metaphor that Jesus communicates because that's where he does his best work, in our lowest places. (sighs) Listen to me. I want you to hear this. When you are confronted with frustrating circumstances, You have two options. Number one, you can make excuses or you can trust God to make a way. I'll say that again. When you're confronted with frustration and failure, there's two things you can do. One of two things. You can make excuses. Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. Why do it again? Or you can trust that God will Make a way. Listen to me. I pray that you will find the nevertheless that's inside of you. Lord, I told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless. Lord, I tried and I tried again. Nothing. Nevertheless. Lord, I tried hard and I didn't make the team. Nevertheless. Lord, I applied for the job and didn't get it. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. Because when we're confronted with life's frustrations, we can either make excuses for why it didn't happen, or we can trust God to make a way, nevertheless, at your word. I thought I was going to preach today, but now I feel like I'm teaching a little bit. If that's all right with you, I just shifted gears. There are miracles that are conditional, and they're conditional because our obedience, our perseverance, and our willingness all matter. Number two. Uh, there are miracles and breakthroughs that we experience because God desires to be collaborative. <laughs> right? He wants to do it with us. He wants to do it with us. I know a lot of us want God to do it all. We just want to sit back and rub that lamp and let the genie come out and, Ooh, your wish is my command. Yet God said, no. <laughs> Not only is the miracle conditional uh, and it requires your obedience, it is also collaborative. I won't do it without you. I I, I want your partnership. Uh, It requires our participation and our cooperation. Uh, Listen to me. Why would God? Here's Here's the question. Why would God? In fact, why would the God who can walk on water need a boat? Why would he? Why didn't he just electric slide and moonwalk backwards from the shores of Lake Gennesaret into the water, stand on the water, because he could, and teach the multitudes? Why did he invite Peter into this miracle? Why would a God who's sovereign, why would a God who is omnipotent, why would a God who is all-powerful partner with us? The truth is, God didn't need Peter as much as Peter needed God to bless his boat. I'll say that again. In fact, Jesus didn't need Peter as much as Peter needed Jesus to bless his boat, to bless his efforts, to bless his life, to bless his marriage, to bless his family, to bless his business, to bless the work of his hands. Are you listening to me? When Jesus invites us into collaboration, it's not because he can't do it by himself. He could if he wanted to because he's sovereign and he's all powerful. But there are miracles we see in scripture. Again, understand the plan, follow the pattern. The pattern is that God is often collaborative when he performs the miracle, not because he needs it, but because we needed more than we realize. I know it's easy for us to say, oh, give, well, why didn't Peter? Listen, even the boat that we call Peter's boat came from trees, came from wood that came from trees that God created. Even the fish he's about to catch were fish that God in creation created. So did God really need Peter? In fact, was it even Peter's to begin with? In fact, I I think of Psalm 27. I think of Psalm 27 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the earth and everything therein. You hear what that verse says? That the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So the house you say is yours that was built with materials that God created. The car that you think is yours, that was built with materials that were extracted from the earth that God put there, it's all his. And when he asks you to give it back, when he invites you to participate in the miracle, when he asks for your time, when he asks for your talent, when he asks for your treasure, it's not that he couldn't do it by himself, it's because he loves you so much that he wants you to participate in the miracle so you can benefit from the miracle because there is more than your stinking empty boat and empty nets. And you have the audacity to withhold that from God, an empty boat and empty nets, and God says, give me your empty boat, give me your empty nets, give me your frustration, and I will multiply what you put in my hands because it's mine to begin with. And I am inviting you into this miracle, not because I need you, but because you need me. And you don't even realize it because you are about to wash those nets and go back home and normalize your frustration and your failure. Yet Jesus saw the empty boats and he saw the empty nets and he invited Peter to collaborate with him in this miracle. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, if, if this is blessing, you just put some fire right now, the fire emoji in the chat or some some praise hands or, 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 or a thumbs up or something. Glory to God. I'm about to close. This should be something that gets your attention because collaborative miracles Uh, Have a flip side And the flip side of a collaborative miracle Is simply this God doesn't have to use you He chooses to use you I'll say that again Uh, This even has a prophetic warning to it God doesn't have to use you He chooses to use you And because God doesn't have to use you He can use somebody else if Moses, after leading the children of Israel through the wilderness, didn't make it into the promised land and God used Joshua instead, you can trip all you want. God doesn't have to use you. He chooses to use you. But may, may, may I also say this? That obedience, that obedience to the invitation to collaborate with God is an opportunity, not an obligation. <laughs> It's an opportunity, not an obligation. So you can you can move on, you can do it if you want to, you can ignore the opportunity, or in humility, you can obey and respond to the opportunity. Because this is what I know. Seasons come and seasons go. And if you miss your moment, there's always a second boat on the shores. That Jesus can use. You can withhold your time, you can withhold your treasure, you can withhold your talent in the name of self preservation, but let me just say this to you, and I say this as honestly and as lovingly as I can God will raise up another. Remember the story of Esther? Her uncle Mordecai, her cousin Mordecai, comes to her and says, Don't think. <laughs> don't think you are above this crisis. And not only don't think that you're above the crisis, he said, if you miss this moment, if you miss this moment, God is able to raise up another. Oh yeah, Esther, you ain't the only show in town. God is just choosing to use you. But he said, who knows whether God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I've got to read that from Esther chapter four. I don't know who that's for. I don't know who that's for. Come on, I'm calling this audible. Esther. Oh man, I gotta find Esther. Glory to God. I know where Esther is. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. It's in here somewhere. It's before after Nehemiah. Glory to God. Pastor can't find Esther. (laughs) Come on, man of God. Is it after Nehemiah? Here it is. It's after Nehemiah. I was tricking y'all. Esther chapter 4, notice verse 14. For if you remain completely silent at this time, if you choose to be indifferent, if you choose to be nonchalant, if you choose to be, to live without commitment to the things that matter to God, if you choose to remain completely silent right now, withhold, because remember, obedience to God is an opportunity, not an obligation. You don't have to get him in the boat. You don't have to let down your nets. If you choose to withhold what you have, which already belongs to God, notice what he says. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will also perish. Yet who knows whether God has called you to the kingdom for such a time. As this, God doesn't have to use you. God didn't have to use Simon's boat, he chose to. And I say this again, because Esther was in self-preservation mode when God called upon her and says, give me your boat. And her cousin Mordecai had to rebuke her and says, don't get it twisted. God can bring relief and deliverance from somewhere else, but you don't miss Your moment. The God who created everything wants to be your partner. Uh, Not only uh, are the miracles of God conditional, not only are they collaborative, third and finally, God's miracles, the miracles He does in our lives when we allow Him to get in the boat, are also connected. They're connected to others. Notice verse 6, and when they had done this, when they had done this. Notice the outcome manifests after our obedience. Most of us want the breakthrough and then we'll take action. Well, get in the boat, give me some fish, and then I'll obey you. No, 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 no. The outcome manifests after our obedience. We do it even when we can't see the fruit of it immediately. And that's why we say at Converge Church that the the, the promise of God may not be immediate, but it is inevitable. After they had done this, after they had let down their nets, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Come on, somebody. 2022, 2022, net breaking. Net breaking breaking blessings listen as i've read the text i've choked on verse five and verse six lord i just did this i came up empty i've pastored for 11 years and there are places that God is saying, let down your net there again in that place where you, where Pastor Wendy have been frustrated. Let th- I said, Lord, uh, I believe, help my unbelief. Help me with this now because <laughs> I've done everything. And the Lord says, I'm in the boat. Let down your net. And after they had done it, after they had done it again, after they had done it, after frustration and failure, Net breaking blessing. God wants you to see it right now. He wants you to get a picture of it on the inside of you. Net breaking blessings in the place where your nets were empty after you told all night. Only God can do it when we collaborate with him. And as a result, this is the connectedness. Notice what the scripture says. Their nets were breaking, verse seven. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled their boats, plural. They came and filled their boats so that their boats and Simon's boat also started to sink. Net breaking blessings. Boat sinking. Can you see it? In 2022 and beyond for you and your family and your loved ones, that there is more. That there is more. Notice, their biggest problem became their experience of their greatest, most abundant provision. Their biggest catch ever. The scripture says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, I am a sinful man. Listen, God is going to do something so powerful in your life. How do I say that when you consider what God has done and you consider all your shortcomings and your missteps and your mistakes and the bad, funky, stinky attitude you've had. I'm talking to Pastor Ray, too. It's going to blow your mind to the extent that you will see your own unworthiness in the midst of the goodness of God. I hope you hear that. I hope you hear that, because this 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 miracle and this story is not only about the transaction of Jesus getting in the boat and Jesus giving them a miracle of a big catch. No, the true miracle in this story is not the transaction; it's the transformation. What God does next in your life is not only about the transaction or the manifestation of a miracle. Or abundance Or more than enough No, he's concerned About how this miracle changes you Notice Simon's response When Simon Peter saw it He fell down at Jesus' knees I've been tripping I've been angry I've been frustrated And you, God you're going to be this good to me 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 after the way I've been to you. And he says, depart from me. I am a sinful man, oh Lord. And Jesus' response was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I've seen you at your best. I've seen you at your worst. And I still love you. And you don't have to perform your way into my approval. I'll still give you the net-breaking, boat-sinking blessings. But it's not about the fish. It's about your heart. Lord, would you transform us this year so that it's not about what's in your hand and what you can do for us, but that it would be about your heart and what you do in us. This is where I close. Notice That they signaled to their partners and they came, filled their nets, and their boats began to sink. And here's why. In 2022, because there is more, the people connected to you will not only be blessed because of your obedience. They will, listen to this, they will not only be blessed because of your obedience. They will follow your example. Mm. The people connected to you will not only be blessed. But they will begin to follow your example. Notice verse 11. You've got to get this because I'm about to close. So when they had brought their boats to land. Notice the next three words. They forsook all. No, 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 no. Stop there for a second. When they had brought the boats to land. After the miracle. After the breakthrough. After the net breaking boat sinking blessings. They forsook all and followed Jesus? No, no, they left the stuff, they left the blessing and followed Jesus? I thought this whole story was about the fish. I thought this whole story was about the breakthrough. And it's not? You mean to tell me after they had told all night and caught nothing and Jesus gave them this net-breaking, boat-sinking blessing, That they walked away from it? Yes, because this story is not about the transaction, it is about the transformation. And my prayer, Converge Nation, is that God will do something so deep and abiding in you that the little things that have kept you away from giving God your best that the things that, are, that you have withheld from God, the best of who you are, your time, your talent, and your treasure, that God will do something even through this message so that like Simon, you will say, depart from me, I am a sinful man. That in, in, the, in the light of the goodness of God, in the light of God's goodness and mercy and grace toward you, you will discover how far How far we've all fallen from our first love. Listen, the thing they had worked for all night was now theirs. But Jesus had done such a deep work in an instant that they now walked away from it. You know why this is a connected blessing? Not only because everybody else's nets were filled and everybody else's boat began to sink. But they all followed Simon when Simon followed Jesus. And that's why I said the people connected to you will not only be blessed, but they will follow your example. I'm talking about your children. If you make the house of God, if you make the things of God an option, don't be surprised when your kids tell you this ain't necessary because they followed your example. They saw you when you were nonchalant, indifferent about the things of God When once upon a time, the zeal of the Lord's house consumed you. The story is not about the transaction. It is about the transformation because now they follow Jesus. They left the fish for the favor. That's when somebody this morning. They walked away from the fish to follow the favor. Because if you and I follow Jesus, his favor follows us. And that's why the psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as I close, come on somebody. Finally, my admonition, my exhortation to you is is while you're being blessed because there is more, And God opens doors for you. In fact, we said last year would be a banner year. I can't begin to tell you all the stories, but God has elevated people in our church to the C-suite. They are C-suite executives. There was a young lady who thought she would lose her job because there was a merger in her company and she thought her position would be redundant. And she reached out to her home group. Her home group prayed. She's been promoted to a senior vice president. There's a family in our church that moved to LA and their son, their son, their son, was picked up by Disney, and he is going to play the young Giannis Atatukumpo in an upcoming Disney movie biopic based on Giannis. When did it happen? 2021, banner year. Not only that, he's gonna be uh have a lead role in an upcoming Michael Bay action film. When did it happen? In 2021. So when we said 2021 is going to be a better year, I don't have the time to even tell you about the number of businesses that started in our church. God honored his word in 2021. And if he did it in 2021, guess what he's going to do? He's going to honor his word in 2022. There is more. So here it is. Stay connected to the source. That's Jesus. That's the transformation. Not your success or your stuff. That's the fish in your nets. They forsook all. And they follow Jesus. You will never, here's my last statement. You will never miss the fish you leave to follow Jesus in faith. I'll say that again. You will never miss the fish you leave because you chose to follow Jesus in faith. You know why? Because there is more. And I can say to you emphatically that on the day of Pentecost, when God poured out his spirit in the upper room and 3,000 souls, it went from 120 faithful in the upper room to 3,000 souls being saved on the day of Pentecost, I can guarantee you That Peter and James and John and all those men that were at the Lake Gennesaret on that day had absolutely no regrets that they stayed connected to their source when they walked away from their successes and their stuff. I'm speaking to somebody today because, again, God wants to take you deeper. And as he takes you deeper, It's not about the stuff. It's not about your successes. There is more. And that's why he said, from this day forward, Peter, you will be a fisher of men. Because he walked away from the fish and followed the favor. He lived a life of no regrets. Let's pray. Father, seal this word in our hearts, God. And for that one was wrestling with complete surrender to you, I pray that this message will be the turning point and the defining moment for them. For each of us, those of us who have hesitations and reservations about doing again what we just did that frustrated us and where we failed, God, I pray because of your grace upon our lives, we will do it again. That we will find our own personal nevertheless. I've told all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I let down my nets. And we not only let down our nets, we give Jesus the boat. Have your way, Lord, in our lives, in Jesus' name, because there is more. Listen, if you need more information, about what it looks like to become a devoted Christ follower. We have some resources we'd like to send to you. Our announcer is going to come at the end of this uh, message and give you those details Uh, but you can send us an email to eChurch at WeAreConverged.com Someone from our team will contact you, get those resources to you Uh, If you need a Bible or you just need someone to pray with you or you have some big questions about God, we want to be there to serve you and your family Uh, Again, we'll see you next week it's going to be powerful we're just getting started next week off the charts because there is more god bless you we'll see you then
0: if you were impacted by today's worship experience we'd love to hear from you maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time if so we've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurch at If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting convergegive along with the dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.